Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck, and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. Kick on back and listen to another exciting episode. It's time for the Rock and Metal Combat all right, it's the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast Show, and with me as always is... Yeah! Man, no matter what, you got one ready to go, don't you? Oh, you know it! That shit's funny as fuck. Anyway, uh, this week uh, we're, got, we're gonna have no news, because I just have a feeling we are just gonna go on and on and on on this one, because not only do we have Ian, we have that big windbag... Justin Childers, let's hear it for Justin. She's she's Ian's she's Ian's girlfriend's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Right. No taste. No taste. I am He's gonna fuck her mouth at Applebee's in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> true story. That is true. Anyway, so this week, uh, Ian, Justin, and I, well, this is gonna be a two-parter. That's right, two parts. Next week, I doubt we're going to have news, too. It's going to be a two-parter show where we're going to talk about that overbloated piece of shit, Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. This episode will be Use Your Illusion 1. Next week will be Use Your Illusion 2. So Plus, 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 we're going to condense it all into one. Yes, next week we are going to... Uh, condense this whole uh, Use Your Illusion shit where Justin, I, and Ian will discuss what would be the perfect Use Your Illusion album by cutting off what we all feel is the fat that surrounds this filler-filled clusterfuck. So, let me go into how I discovered Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion. Here's an album that was uh, much anticipated back in the day. I remember MTV was all over it. And, uh, I believe they both reached the, the charts, uh, one and two on debut. And I actually didn't buy it when it first came out. I, I did end up buying both of them later on because I can't remember what was released that day. There was something else released that day and I bought that instead. I can't remember what it was. Was it Black Sabbath Tire? I, I don't remember. But there was something released that same day that was metal. And I opted to buy that before Guns N' Roses. Because, you know, I mean, I, I, I do like Guns N' Roses. I am a Guns N' Roses fan. But I'm not a fanatical fan. I really love um, Appetite, Lies, Chinese Democracy. I even enjoyed this one. Well, we'll find out as we go by. But um, when I did buy it, it was a tough listen. And you know what? Now that we had a review, I had to sit through it again. And it was still a tough listen. But um, what I did was I didn't really listen to the songs that I'm, you know, that I liked back in the day because I know how they are. I listened to the songs I didn't like and that I, on those rare occasions I put on Use Your Illusions, I pressed the skip button when these songs came on. So what I did the past couple weeks was sit through those skip songs and believe it or not one of them I ended up loving and uh, it's not unusual illusion one so you have to wait till 
next week to find out what song on Legion Illusion 2 I changed my mind about. I think it's pretty much a masterpiece. That's how much I love it. Anyway, that's what I have to say about Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 as a little uh, segue to our review. Go ahead, little story. This song, uh, this album came out the same day, or these albums came out the same day as No More Tears. Ah, that's it. That's the album I bought. You're right. That's the one I bought. Yeah. And they all suck. No, I, I ended up well, liking new, new, No More Tears quite a bit. I, um... I, I was the opposite. I bought these two albums the day they came out, and I bought No More Tears a couple weeks later. But, yeah, I, I have memories of of this being a tough listen and skipping over. To this day, I skip over certain songs. I do like one of the albums much, much more than the other. Um, and I went back and listened, and pretty much the songs that I loved i still love and uh, the songs that i didn't like i still don't really like but um it, it's just uh i think a lot of people would say that this would have been better as a single album or trim the fat i mean it's like two and a half hours worth of music on these two albums it's a lot to digest there's a lot of crap on here that's pretty bad pretty weak and um, overall, I, I, had, I, I think there's a r- really good, solid album worth of material on these two albums. You just got to skip your way through them to get to get to it. But yeah, they, some of the production qualities haven't aged that well. But uh, I mean, it's no appetite for destruction. But overall, you know, th- there's, a, there's enough on here that I really love to uh, to make it worthwhile. Ian? All right. Well, I will say that we are re-recording this because our first attempt, uh, we, we told Justin, we're like, hey, here's your chance to fucking be somebody. And, uh, and in our first recording, he used a Mr. Microphone. And it was, yeah, it, was, it sounded like shit. And he still sounds like a rapist from Deliverance, but he sounds much better on this one. And uh, so we're doing this over again, but that's a great idea to condense this into one album because it is two and a half hours worth of music that would make 45 minutes of a good record. Uh, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan, still up to a point. Bought both of these the same day they come out, and I'll tell you right now, none of them have a song as good as No More Tears. Uh. But, uh, you know, we're going to get into it song by song. I was fortunate enough to see the second show of this tour, which started before the album even came out. And I'll I'll tell you, the MTV was there. It was in Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. Uh, They played a lot of songs off these albums, and, and, and it kind of fell on deaf ears because nobody knew it. All we knew at that point was Appetite and Lies. But they did debut a lot. I got to see Izzy Stradlin, but I did not get to see Steven Adler, which sucks. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll get into these songs one by one. But at this time, there was no band bigger in the world than Guns N' Roses. And uh, I was right there as soon as the record store opened, and I bought both these motherfuckers. So let's go into the first track. And since he's what you would call a special guest, and by special, I mean he's half-fucking-retarded. Justin, 
You take the first song. All right, right next door to hell. It's a good starter. It's it's not a great song. It doesn't have a great hook. It's it's fast and heavy and uh, to the point. Three minutes done. Um, I think this is like written about some incident that happened with Axel and the neighbor, or he attacked her with a wine bottle or something. But um, it's a good song. It's not a great song, but it's a good album opener. It's not Welcome to the Jungle, but it gets the album starting off rocking and, and, and feeling good. Ralph? Uh, terrible. I hate this song. I feel like it's one of these... It, it sounds rushed. It obviously is rushed because when Axel uh, hit that chick with a wine bottle or vice versa, was right at the eve of this album coming out. It's like they ran back to the studio and just like knocked this out quick. Because I remember that whole incident with the neighbor. Use Your Illusions, I think, already had the release date. Maybe two months the most prior to the sound coming out was that incident with the neighbor. I feel like it's just rushed. It's it's unmemorable. Uh, yes, they said, let's let's start off rocking. Let's do a rocking song. But you know what? I can think of better songs to start this album. And I'll tell you what's a better song to start this album next week when I make up my list of what should have been just a single album, Use Your Illusion. Right th- next door to hell sucks. I don't like it. I give it uh, one to ten. I give it like a one. At least I didn't give it a zero, but it sucks. Ian? Uh, I don't hate it as much as you. I, I, I like the here we come attitude, like out the gate. It's a fast rocker. Uh, yes, it was added at the last second. And there was even a contest, I don't know if you guys remember this, on MTV, where at this time Axel was in a condo, and this is where he got into the fight with the chick, and then they gave away his apartment on MTV. It's not the best song ever, but I like the attitude of it, and I like the hard rock aspect of it. But right away, you miss Steven Adler, you can tell it's a, you know, it's it's a paint-by-the-numbers drummer, which is Matt Sorum. Not that he's horrible, but he just does not stand out, where I think Adler had a sound. You know, it, it's, it's much like a Peter Chris, Not technically the best, but an identifiable sound. And it's kind of timely that we're doing this because I don't know when this is going to air, but at the time we're recording this, supposedly they're days away of announcing a reunion. And we'll see if it is truly the... Guns N' Roses lineup, or if it's some kind of just hodgepodge with Slash to sell tickets. But uh, I, I like the song. It's, it's not a bad opener, but it's not the best song on the album. And then we go into the next one, which is Dustin Bones. Oh my God, this is one of my favorites. Uh, sung and written by, in my opinion, the soul of Guns N' Roses, Izzy Stradlin. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, he's got this Keith Richards, you know, obsession. And he's like the Keith Richards of the band. I don't think he's the Keith Richards of the band. I think he is the Brian Jones, the Mick Taylor of the band. I think he's the true creative genius. I think Slash is the Keith Richards of the band. He's the picture. He's the poster boy. He's the he's the Tommy Lee. But the true talent is in the guy that wrote a lot of the songs and provided the inspiration and the backbone of the songs. 
Dustin Bones, I think, is an incredible track. And man, if more of the albums sound like this, it would retain that true GNR spirit, where I feel a lot of this is just overproduced and Axel's ego getting way out of control. Absolutely love this song. One of my favorites. Uh, Justin, what do you think of Dustin Bones? I fucking hate this. I think it's horrible. Figures, you bitch. I think it it just momentum killer. Whatever momentum the you know was was started is slow. It's boring. It sounds like a I don't know, just like what you'd hear some bar band playing. It it's not. There's no hook. There's nothing that stands out about it. And man, I, I hate to say it. As this album goes on, I'm looking at the writing credits, and a lot of the songs that aren't that great are Izzy songs. And he's not a great singer. You know, he is a, the wannabe Keith Richards of the band. And, uh, yeah, I think this is probably maybe the worst song on the album. Your Rally. mother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Can I go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, I don't like it either. Uh, just yeah, like, your mother too. There's no there's no hooks. Why don't you look down at your crotch and just tell yourself, all right? There's no <laughs> hooks. There's no hooks in this song. And I love how Ian says, uh, it's just Axel's uh, ego running amok. Um, Axel ain't singing this, idiot. Why would Axel? Why would Axel let Izzy sing a song if his ego runs amok? No, I'm saying the rest of the sound. Well, all right, and here's another thing you also said, and this is like Guns and Roses to me. There's no Guns and Roses song that sounds like this before this. There's no Guns and Roses song where Izzy sang. There's no Guns and Roses song that hey, let's try to be the Rolling Stones. None. This is, I, I, this is the this is Izzy's ego running amok. Yeah, well, I like that. Yeah, I know. So uh, I just feel like it's just a boring song. Just like there's one song he sings on this on this double album that I like, uh, but it's definitely not this one. Uh, this is just it's just boring I, and and very badly placed, by the way. Like the second song, this should be buried like. Toward the end of either album, it's just—it's a throwaway. It's—it it hasn't aged well. You don't—you know when you hear about Guns N' Roses, you don't hear about Izzy and his songs. You just don't. Because nobody. Well, you're not—you're you're not talking to me then. No, yeah, but you're just you. Nobody cares of Izzy Stradlin's songs. Not even Izzy Stradlin. So okay, I'll go on to the next one. Uh, what is it? Live and Let Die. I love it. I love what they did to this song. Is it better than the original? Oh, fuck no. No way. You cannot top Paul McCartney and Wings version of Living Let Die. Nobody can. You know who did a good version of it, though? Better than Guns N' Roses, in my opinion, is Billy Joel. I don't know if you guys... It just came out, like, I don't know, like a few months ago, they released a McCartney tribute album. And Billy Joel does uh, Living Let Die, and he does a... A better version than Guns N' Roses. But I do like Guns N' Roses' version. It's, uh... Because it's a cover, you know? 
It's like they, they, they were kind of batting zero with songs, so I figure, hey, let's do a good song, a cover. It'll, it'll, it'll blend good with all this mediocre crap we got. Uh, it's not amazing like uh, Paul McCartney's version. It's not as good as the Billy Joel version, but it is good. I dig it. I think it's uh, a good rocking tune. And hey, man, uh, compared to the, ch the, the spaghetti incident, which is chock full of shitty covers. I mean, good songs, but covered shitty by them. I think Live and Let Die, they did a good job on it. Uh, Justin? I pretty much agree with everything you said. It's it's not as good as the Of course you do. Oh, hey, come on Ter now. Terrence. I, I knew you were going to say that. Um, no, I, I have not heard the Billy Joel version. I love Billy Joel, so I'd love to hear what oh, he did. You're, you're going to love it because Billy Joel does that you know when Billy Joel does that like belting type singing? When you're like, yeah. He does a lot of that in, in that verse, which is awesome. Well, well, this song lends itself well to like a, you know, a heavy, that, that, da -da 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 -da. It, it, it sounds good with the heavy guitar playing it. And, uh, you know, it's quick, it's to the point, you know, they don't drag it out. It's a good song. Not great, but it's good. Probably should have been the second song out instead of that. Juju Hounds and Bones bullshit. Juju Hounds? What the fuck is that? Did you call your band Juju Hounds? What is that? You know, you know, I bought that. I bought that album the day it came out. Okay. God, what? Wait. I can imagine. Why did I buy it? It must have been a slow month for music. Man, I heard that shuffling off, and I was like, "All right, that's enough for me, man." All right, uh, Ian. All right, Ian. All right. Uh, yeah, you know what else is a better song by Billy Joel? River of Dreams. Because in the middle of the night, I dream of shit better than this. Uh, this should have been on Spaghetti Incident. Because it's that predictable and that bland and just a bad, you know, it just shows you where this shit is going. Uh, live and let die. Let it fucking die. You know, they, they played this when I saw them live, and it, it sucked. And I love the song, but it's like, come on, dude. This is not what I want out of Guns N' Roses. Maybe it's what you guys want. It is not what I want out of Guns N' Roses. I think it's a half-ass, sloppy, predictable cover. Uh, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, but so, that, so, so you'd prefer a half-ass Rolling Stones song type song? Yes. Gotcha. Yes, I would. Gotcha. Yes, I would. All would right. Which you would you have loved a, an album full of dust and bones? Yes. Yes, I would have. Oh, oh, oh yeah. He, he likes Juju Hounds. I love the Juju Hounds. All right. So we go into the next song. Don't cry. Okay. Don't want me to cry. Don't play this fucking song. Uh, th this does nothing for me. It, it, it's, I mean, it's not the worst song on here, but this is not what I want out of fucking Guns N' Roses. You know, and I'm not the biggest like fucking sweet child of mine fan either but that's way better than this fucking song by a fucking country mile this is some half-ass shit a, a poor man's attempt at uh sweet child of mine part two does absolutely nothing for me a uh, spoiler alert in either fucking version and why they had to put two on here just goes right back to fucking axel's vanity uh, that, oh, this song is so good, you gotta hear it twice, but with lyrics that are just as tripe as the other shit. 
to me, this is no different than fucking Angel Eyes by fucking Steelheart. You know, it, it's just that kind of forgettable, hey, let's do a home sweet home fucking ballad. You know, that that is part of what killed the hard rock scene in the first place. You know, it's, it's like Aerosmith, okay? Not every ballad is home tonight. Not every ballad is Seasons of Wither or fucking, you know, Dream On. Dream so, after a while, it becomes fucking angel and amazing and tripe like that. And this is the same to me. A horrible fucking song. What do you think, Justin? I love it. I Got think it. it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, dark ballad. I like Axel's real kind of whispery voice singing it. I think it's a great solo by Slash. And I think it's a great battle. It's a it's like a it's not like uh, like a like every rose has its thorn. It's you know it's more like no that's a uh, better mature. Right, well, that, that, that's not hey, I don't crazy. mind. That's not crazy. I, I don't mind that song either. But no, I, this is a good song. I like it, Ralph. That, I mean, uh, that's all I can say. I like it. I think it's a dark kind of brooding ballad. Alright, I, I think it's ter- I think it's terrible. I don't like this song at all. Um, Axel said that this was a song that they kept in the vaults in case of appetite for destruction not working, that Don't Cry would make them big. That's what that's why he didn't put Don't Cry on uh, Appetite for Destruction. He actually said that. And and it baffles me because I don't really think this song has cooks. It's kind of I don't know, man. To me, I mean, it's not forgettable because it's all over the goddamn place. But I just find it, like, bland and not good at all. I uh, I can think of a couple other ballads on this double album that was much better. Um, and, uh, uh, and what Ian said about Sweet Child of Mine, I think Sweet Child of Mine is beyond burnt out. I hope I never hear it again. But at the same time, it's miles above this song because Sweet Child of Mine has amazing lyrics. I mean, probably some of the greatest ballad lyrics I ever heard. You know, I mean, I'd hate to look into those eyes and see an ounce of pain. You know, stuff like that is uh, is genius. And I think it's a, a very well-written song. Uh, I don't like that opening circus riff. I know I'm going on into a Sweet Child of Mine review but I, I just gotta say I think that song is great and I love how it changes to where do we go and then it gets real goes like chaotic after that I think it's a great song it's just yeah that one really does suffer burnout for me like I hope I never hear it again but man comparing it to, to don't cry no 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 and and let me tell you something actual should have been thinking of sweet child of mine instead of don't cry and put well, luckily he didn't put "Don't Cry" on a uh, on fucking ap- appetite because it would have ruined it. But um, a- appetite to me is fine as it is. And uh, but I don't like "Don't Cry." I I never liked this song. I remember when it first came out, I was like, okay, this is gonna be a big deal because this is the first single. You know, after you could be mine, the album's out, and and it was the the, the single to to promote the album. But you know what? It did work. It sold a lot. People love this song. So I just, it just does not 
tickle my sphincter like a girl would. Go ahead. Uh, okay, let me, uh, what's the next one? Let me see. Uh, Perfect Crime. Oh, I, I want to take this one. All right. I love this song. Perfect Crime is rip-roaring, kick-ass, fucking badass tune. I made a video for it. You can find it on YouTube. Phase Linear. Uh, I think it's a great fucking song. It's very pissed off. My only complaint on this song is what I have complained about the whole album, minus Civil War, is the drums just sound too fucking bland. Too, like, almost like a, a drum machine. I feel like Matt Storm has no groove, has no soul, has no feeling in his playing. I mean, he might, but he sure didn't on this these double albums. And Perfect Crime, if it would have had Adler, it would have been much more dangerous sounding. But... I'm going to review this album uh, with not using the drums to taint my my uh, my love for the song because I think Perfect Crime is a killer, killer hard rocking song. Probably the best hard rocking tune on the whole album. I'd have to think about that as we go along, but I think it is. It's, I just love that, you know, kick it back in the shadow, got no time for the life. I mean, fucking Axel sounds demonic on it, pissed off. The whole band is fucking ripping except for the drummer and uh i love it what do you think ian uh i like the spirit of the song i you know i, I like the, the the hard edge to it i just don't think the song is there the attitude is there but the song isn't well i think and, i think the reason you say that ian is because the battler was there maybe you think that no, no, you, you, you couldn't be, could be right. There's just something missing from this. But the attitude, I, I do feel that vibe, but uh, the rest of it's totally missing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you can totally say that about Matt Soar. He sounds like a session drummer, which has kind of seemed like he just floated around. He doesn't have his own sound. He's a chameleon, you know. He can, he can play the backbeat, but he doesn't have an identifiable sound. And this song sounds like it to me. Not a huge fan of this song. What do you think, Justin? Well, I, I, it, to me, it's like right next door to hell. I, I don't know uh, why, you know, Ralph would like one and not the other. I think right next door to hell is a better song. I, the, the thing that bothers me about this song is this is we're getting into this little, this, these little nugget stick. Axel will throw in there like uh, T minus 109. It's this stupid shit that he thinks is genius that I don't want to hear it every time I listen to the, uh, what's supposed to be like, you know, like you said, a, a rip roaring rock and roll song. It's just thrown in there to try and be clever because they spent too many, you know, they spent years making this album and, 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 when you start thinking about stuff too much, that's when you start throwing shit like that in there. Um, it's a it's a good song. It's a it's an okay song, but it's not it's not great. All right, well, why don't you take the next one? All right, you ain't the first. This this is uh, oh here's Izzy, so I'm sure you love it, Ian. But I I hate the song. I think it's. It's trying to be exile on Main Street, you know. It's it's like, uh, uh, you know, um, I used to love her part two, 
it's it's just silly trying to be funny and does nothing for me I, I it's a total this is a song I would totally skip I, in fact I hadn't heard this song in 20 years so I got ready to do this review and and I was like okay yeah that, that's why I skipped this song it does nothing for me what do you guys think all right well uh I agree with you to a certain extent. Uh, I think it is like I used to love her part two. It's not as good as that. It is kind of very stone stonish. But uh, compared to a lot of shit on this album, I, I'll take it. That's not saying it's the greatest song in the world, but I'm saying I will take this over a lot of shit on this album. It, this is very, even though, like I said, Izzy to me is more of a Mick Taylor than a Keith Richards. But this is a very Keith Richards-like song. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely dig it, and I'll take it over fucking "Don't Cry" or "Live and Let Die" and some other songs we're going to talk about soon. What do you think, Ralph? Garbage, and I hate "Don't Cry," and I'll even take that over this shit. It's, it, you know, not only because I don't like the music, I don't like uh, just the vibe of it, but I really hate the fact that they're making fun of a slut. I hate that. Sluts are awesome and should not be made fun of. So I can't yeah. I can't joke about your mom? My mom? Yeah, well you do every fucking show, dude. That's what I'm saying. I never make fun of your mom. Yeah, I you mean, do. I, well, all, when when she's around I do. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, he about I'm not gonna talk bad about your mom. Uh, in front of her face or looking at her ass <laughs> while I'm doggy fucking her and putting my a- putting my cigarettes out on her tramp stamp. But you see, I but still respect about, her. Go ahead, Justin. What? What about when you're looking down on the top of her head? Would you Would you make fun of her then? <laughs> the thing is that I have this really huge ashtray and it covers her whole head. You know, I, oh, put, okay. I put it on there, you know. And I don't even smoke cigarettes anymore, but I still put the ashtray on red. I don't know, tradition. Anyway, so... <laughs> I see, can... see Ju- Justin, I don't make fun of your mom, because unlike Michael Vick, I don't beat dogs. Oh. I have to say it. Oh, man. <laughs> your, your, your mom's a dog? <laughs> She's a jackal. <laughs> Ian, why don't you hook me up, bro? I know Ju- Justin all. You know that whole mother-son thing, a touchy thing. But since you're hitting it, come on, bring her over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a touchy subject in North Carolina, you know, because uh, it's a sister, too, you know. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird one. Sister yeah. mom. Huh. All right, anyway. <laughs> Look at, and here, Justin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's also my grandmother. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird situation. Right yeah, there. yeah. His family tree is a totem pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you ain't the first. Well, uh, that's that. That actually, that's the song about Ian's mom too. Nobody. <laughs> she can't even think who was the first. Methuselah. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right. Uh, you ain't the first. Okay, I'll take the next one. Bad obsession. Oh, what a piece of shit this song is. And I remember when I saw the tour, they actually threw this out. Like this was one of the. It's like really, you're gonna play this one out of. Instead of like songs coming up that they didn't play. Uh, uh, right, Ralph. I'm sorry. Before you get into this, when you saw did this 
had it already been released? Or did yes, you see it? Yes, I okay, saw, okay. The first okay. time I saw this tour was at Joe Robbie Stadium. Uh, they played a stadium on New Year's Eve with Soundgarden. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, Bad Obsession with Teddy Zigzag on harmonica and and five backup singers and 20 backup band. It, it was just so fucking bloated. It wasn't a bad show. I gotta say, I did see the Illusions tour again and I actually walked out of it. And I'll explain, I'll explain it now. I went, uh... Back in whatever year it was, I think it was 92. 90, uh, uh, Hurricane Andrew? Yeah, Hurricane Andrew. Hurricane, yeah, Hurricane Andrew was in 92, I think. I went to go see Lollapalooza. That was the one with uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Ministry. Ministry and Ice Cube. And, uh, anyway, so the day after Lollapalooza, the hurricane came. And uh, we went without power for a long time. So after like the second week of living without power, I, um, which by the way, a little quick note, my neighbor had a generator and he gave us a little like, you know, a little power, power strip for us to, you know, for our fridge and shit. And while he wasn't looking, dude, I plugged in my radio. I needed my jams, man. So I was wasting his gas on, on heavy metal. Anyway, so after a couple of weeks of this shit, I got so fed up that Guns N' Roses and Metallica, that was that that tour they did together was playing Orlando. So I said, fuck this, man. So I took off to Orlando and I went to go see the show and Metallica was great. I remember they threw out Shorter Straw, which was cool. And and Guns N' Roses, dude, it was Slash that really drove me nuts, dude. Slash did like, a, like three to five minute guitar solo in between every other song. I shit you not, man. It was like he would just go into guitar solo after guitar solo. And they were all boring guitar solo. It got to the point, man. First of all, Axel did like a 10-minute piano solo before no November Rain. That kind of bothered me, too. And then after that was done, when Slash went into another guitar solo, I left. I said, that's it. I can't take it. I actually walked out of that show. But uh, And that show, they played Bad Obsession, too. This song sucks. It's, it's, it's bloated, it's just a whole, it, it really does encapsulate everything that was wrong with Guns N' Roses at that time. You have all these guest musicians, all this, it doesn't sound like Guns N' Roses, dude. What happened to, you know, Night Train, Out To Get Me, You're Crazy, My Michelle. It doesn't have none of those elements. It's them trying to be like Stones-ish and classic rock. It's them not being Guns N' Roses. Bad Obsession is a great example of them not trying to be, them try, see what it is is that they were hailed as, oh, this is the new Rolling Stones. This is the new band at this and that. And they got to their head going, hey, well, we better start acting like Rolling Stones, including Izzy, by the way, Mr. Brian Jones. And it suffered. And this song right here, out of all the songs, really encapsulates what was wrong with Guns N' Roses at the time. What do you think, Justin? I hate this song. This is this is horrible. I hate that fucking harmonica just won't shut up. It keeps going and going. And I and I'm I and like it's like blues traveler. I fucking hate that constant harmonica. That's a, that's an instrument that needs to be used very 
sparingly. And it's got this like piano going on, this honky tonk piano. And it's just too much. It's like the whole kitchen sink thrown in there to try and make some great, uh, oh, look, we're going to do an old school rock song. We're going to have a harmonica. I'm surprised they didn't have a fucking sack phone on it too it's it is it's bloated is the word for it it it, it really is it's the um the best example on this album of just too much shit going on and ian what do you think well i gotta say i agree with you two d-bags on this fucking song Uh, it's not that great and it features uh appearance by michael monroe who I think plays harmonica and saxophone on this song. And you want to talk about an overrated band? Here's a band that gets a lot of credit for being, uh, you know, a big influence. Hanary Rocks was not a great fucking band. I, I, I think a lot of their shit was subpar, you know, like a finished version of Poison to my ears. They don't do a whole hell of a lot for me. Uh, and this song is a prime example. Overbloated, uh, yeah, this song just fucking sucks. I don't have much to say about uh, Bad Obsession. I don't know much about Hanoi Rocks, but I did like that song, Boulevard of Broken Dreams. That's all I can say. All right, there you go. All right, who wants say, to take the next one? Justin. Yeah, I'll go. I, I, I was going to say, I like that Michael Monroe song, Man With No Eyes. I think it's kind of catchy. Yeah, that's only like Yeah, yeah. I, I like I, I prefer the song your mother wrote called uh Holes No Bar. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta hear that. Song. All right, back. Yeah, it's right, that, back it off. sounds like this. You, you can't hear a lot because it's airtight, tight, you know. We, we gotta review <laughs> that album. Alright. Back off bitch. This is a good song. I like this song. I think it's uh, it, it drags on a little too long, and it's coded by a guy that Slash hates, named Paul Tobias, aka Paul Huge. Uh, he's the guy that recorded the solo on "Sympathy for the Devil" without Slash's knowledge, and he hates him, and he's part of the reason that he quit Guns N' Roses. But that was later, and this this is an old song, goes back like years and years before Guns N' Roses existed. Uh, it's a good song. I like it. Um, I dig it. Um, not much to say. Good guitar work by Slash. And, you know, i got to say something. You guys go on and on about Izzy and, and Stephen hey, hey, Adler. What do, mean, what do you mean, guys? I don't give a fuck about Izzy. <laughs> that's fucking that's that's, but, but you love, that's fucking Ian's deal. Bad obsession featuring Mr. But you love Steven Adler and, and I and I do too, but Slash deserves a lot of credit, like He does, he gets it, dude. He, he does get it. Don't worry about it. Well I I think he's uh the signature sound of Guns N' Roses. Ugh. Along with Axel along with Axel's voice, of course. They wouldn't be but, shit without Duff and, and Steven, let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, yeah, and if Slash didn't wear a top hat, nobody knew who the fuck he was. Yeah, well. Yeah, and if he wasn't fuck drunk you. and fucked up all the time, nobody would care. That's why nobody I, cares about Izzy. Except for Ian. Because I'm drunk and fucked up. Yeah, because, you know, Slash is an image. 
He really is. He's just a fuck. He's no different than Buckethead. And I'll tell you this right now, Justin. I don't give a fuck who disagrees with me, which I know a lot of you do. Fucking Buckethead blows away Slash in every way. I saw that Rock and Rio where fucking Buckethead does November Rain way better emotionally, technically. Now that's a fucking guitar player. Hey. That guy can play like he has so much feeling, so much. He just pours out emotion. But since he stands there with a bucket and a and a face mask, nobody can take him seriously because people look at covers without listening to it. Let me tell you something. Buckethead is way better than Slash. Can do Slash better than Slash. I have spoken. Hold on, Ralph. Ra yeah. I want to back you up there. I am a huge Buckethead fan. Buckethead is a thousand times better. And I do agree with what you said. And what you said about Slash is how I feel about Tommy Lee. He's a character. He's overrated for what he does. Because he has a larger-than-life persona, it's like Keith Moon without the talent. Because you're a larger-than-life character, you're held to some, you know, a certain esteem, but you don't have the chops to back it up. Where Buckethead is a thousand times better guitar player. I agree with you 100%. And, and you uh, know, people people say, oh, oh, because he, you know, he can rip and shred. No, man, Buckethead, listen to some sorry from Chinese democracy. The guy's got pure fucking emotion in his fucking playing. Slash does his little wee 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 and people are like, oh my god, he's so awesome. Listen, he's like classic rock. Jimmy Pig, fuck that shit. Look, and I'm gonna tell you this too. Slash, I don't really hate Slash. I think Slash is good. And what he did on Appetite was phenomenal. I think he's a great player. I just feel like he is so fucking overrated. And when people like complain about Buckethead because he's no Slash, it's like, yeah, I know, he's better. But then again, this is all, uh, uh, what do you call it? a subject of, uh, a matter of opinion. So what, what Slash does emotionally on guitar touches people like Buckethead touches me, like old men touch Justin. Yeah, well, no, I, but, but the thing is, <laughs> oh, wait, did, did I just admit to that? No, no. Um, oh, no, you did, you did. It's like that old guy on Family Guy, you know, that, you know. But, um, hey, Church. <laughs> but, um, no, Slash, it's like, I don't know why people are so tolerant of him not being in the band. Hey, I love Buckethead. And, hey, my buddy Jason, look at his profile picture. It's fucking Buckethead. He is amazing. He's, he's, I mean, he's put out like 37 fucking solo albums. Oh, and he's got oh some, I've got over a hundred Buckethead solo albums. He's amazing. He, he's got ballads that are just gorgeous. And, but, uh, you know, there, there's something about the original and that Slash and he's got feeling and, and I don't know if you've heard his last couple albums, but he's playing better than ever now. I'm not saying he's Buckethead, but... It's just like Matt Sorum is technically a better drummer than Steve Nadler. Are you nuts? But you can't be serious. You said it. What? Ian said it. Oh, Ian said it, not me. What? I didn't say that. Did I? You said that Matt Sorum is a is a technically better drummer. No, I, I didn't. I didn't. No, I I said he's like a session drummer. He's proficient. Yeah. But he doesn't have a soul. There's a lot of people that can just play. Okay, you could set like a fucking uh, a music stand in front and say play the notes, 
and they can do that. But certain people have a sound. It's like Peter, I mean, Eric Carr kills Peter Chris, but Peter Chris had a sound and a soul. And that's how I feel. About, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Eric Carr way more than Matt Sorum. But what I'm saying, he sounds like a session musician. Like, you can come, he can play on a fucking Joni Mitchell album the same as he plays on a fucking Guns N' Roses album. But Steven Adler is going to sound like Steven Adler no matter where he plays. He's got same, groove. He's got groove. He's got a personality. Yeah. He's got yeah. a sound. Where Matt Sorum, dude, uh, so many people sound like that guy. It's not even yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, it's like he has heart. You know, it's, it, it's like, you know, the difference between my mother, Justin, and your mother. You, you know, your mother can fuck anybody because she has no heart. She's just looking for a fuck. Where my mom fucks, you know, around because, you know, she's into Cubans. You know, that's, that, that's her thing, you know. I'm just how does saying. She like, uh, how does she like guys with Jew-fros that aren't actually Jewish? Yeah, yeah, no, no, even my mom will fuck a guy from North Carolina. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> And plus, don't worry. All right, well, we're... No, no, go ahead. I was about to say something I shouldn't say. Go ahead, go ahead, Well, okay, you know my feelings on Slash. I think Slash is amazing. I think he's a sound, big, such a big part of the sound. You know, the, yeah. the solo on Night on Night Train, and okay. and he's just, he's fucking amazing. And and I, I, th- I hold him in the same regard that you do, you know, Stephen Adler. All right, uh, spoiler alert. We've all seen Slash's curly hair. We've seen your curly hair. It's your dad, you know. You know, you like him. I get it, you know. Jesus. <laughs> there you go. What song are we on? I have no idea. <laughs> Does it matter? No, I gotta go back. Uh, we'll back off, off bitch. I'll back off, bitch. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, I don't... Uh, Okay, yeah, I don't think I've talked about it. Uh, not bad, so-so. Uh, good, not great. This song totally suffers from, uh, double album. If it was a single album, there's no way this shit would be on there. You know, this this is a revolution number nine. Uh, you know, you know, if it was a single, it would not be on there. Totally forgettable B-side. It's actually, D-side material. Not a fan. All right. Let me go into the wait, next wait, no, one. No, no, I haven't talked about this one yet. Oh, okay. Okay, bye. Um, you say that it's not bad, it's so-so. I say it's really bad, and it blows. I hate this song because this is a song that's from the early days. I have demo. I have Guns N' Roses demos. I have this demo. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. Don't mean to cut you off, but I'm fully acknowledging that I'm cutting you off. Uh, what I did find out in some research is this song is about a chick that both Axel and Izzy fucked. And I think it was Izzy's girlfriend first, then she got with Axel, and uh, they both hated her, and that's what this song's about, but it doesn't make it any better. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in. Yeah, this is uh, a lot. I, I have a feeling the reason this made the album was probably... Like their old school friends. Yo, man, you got to put on Back Off Bitch. That's the classic. Back, you know, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people from the old club days. Hey, I was there. I saw Guns N' Roses in 1985 at the Troubadour. I don't remember a goddamn song they played except for Mama Kim because I know the song. But um, 
this was probably a fan favorite back in the club days, and that's probably why it made it on the album. But listening to it, and even listening to the original demo, it's garbage. It's just so... I don't know, man. It's not a well-structured song. There's no hooks. It's, it's just... It's bland to me. It might have been good back then, and it just didn't age well by the time Use Your Illusions came around for me. But... As time shows, nobody gives a fuck about this song. But Justin, I don't think it's ever been played live once Matt joined the band. I'm, sh I'm sure it was a club club thing. But the one good thing I can say about the song is I like the title, Back Off Bitch. I think that's a cool title. But as for the song... Uh, this is, this was played live. But with Matt Swan? This, this was played live in North Carolina when Justin's mom rushed the stage. Oh, man. Oh. It was a, <laughs> yeah, but I heard it only lasted 10 seconds. Once they pulled her off, they stopped playing it. Yeah, much like Justin. Ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Uh, you're, being, you're, being, you're being generous. No. Um, go, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, double Talking Jive. Talking double, double Talking Jive is an Izzy sung song, so I'll let the little Izzy nut swinger take this one first. Ah, oh, one of the greatest songs on the album. I love it. Heart and Soul of Guns N' Roses. It's an amazing song. Probably, uh, Shit could be my favorite song on, on this album. Not that it's saying a whole lot, but I, I think this could be my favorite song. Absolutely love it. I love the back and forth play between Axel and Izzy. Uh, amazing song. Uh, double talking job, get the money, motherfucker, because I got no more patience. And talking about finding uh, like a head in a garbage can, which supposedly actually happened while they were recording. They found a dead body in a fucking garbage can. Uh, you know, unfortunately it wasn't Justin, it was somebody else. And uh, I love this fucking song. Absolutely amazing. The best song on this album. Justin, what do you think? I fucking love this song. I there wish it was longer. I I, I wish they would. I wish they would have stretched it out a little bit longer. It seems to end kind of abruptly. Hey, motherfucker! You're saying what I said the last time. He's stealing my review. Hey. Bullshit! I said the same fucking thing. No, you didn't. I said it. Then you fucking think that. Did. Hey, listen back to it. I said the same thing. All right, I'm gonna edit I, hey, my part in. Hey, Justin said this is his favorite song in the Guns N' Roses canon. <laughs> the the fucking the cannon. <laughs> no, I, I love this song. I In can, fact, I know I, I concur. <laughs> yes, I agree, and that's all I have to say about that. Why the bigger hit? I'll never know. I'll never know. <laughs> No, I do love it. I, I love the. There's like kind of like a, a uh, Latin feel to it, you know. And and Slash is great on it. So, uh, Ralph, go ahead and 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 steal my review. Go ahead. I'm a, I, actually no, seriously. I have the review that was edited. I'm gonna grab that part and I'm gonna put it in right after I say this. So you know I was the first one to say it. You fucking thief. Hey, Justin, <laughs> nice having you on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just savor this, motherfucker, because you're never coming back. 
Alright, so double <laughs> truck and jive. Um, <laughs> like wall to wall carpeting, Justin will never come back. <laughs> just like people that pay for, for, for sex with his mom, they never come back. No, no. Unless she gives it for free, what the fuck? Hi yo! <laughs> Alright, this song I love. This is the only song I love with Iggy, Iggy, Izzy singing. It rocks, it's killer. I just wish it was a bit longer. I wish there was more lyrics. You forgot to add that part, Justin. Uh, it needs more lyrics. I just feel like it, it just abruptly goes into that end, which is beautiful, and I love the little flamenco shit, but I feel like it deserved another verse, another chorus. It should have been a 10-minute song. It was good, it kept me interested. It's rocking, shitty drums, but other than that, everything's good. And yes, I think Axel's guitar playing at the end was fucking great. I think I, it was a good, like, um, you know, it's a good switch. I mean, it's a hard rocking song that turns into a flamenco song, and it works. Double Talk and Jive is a great, great song. Um, definitely one of my favorites on, on this uh, double album. Uh, I'll take November Rain. Woo! All right, here we go. November Rain. Which, by the way, today is November 14th, and I got caught in the rain. How ironic. I went out for my walk, and usually I put my umbrella in my book bag, and I didn't today. And I'm, I'm stuck under the shade while it's pouring rain, and I'm thinking of my buddies, Ian and Justin, and I need to get back home to do the podcast. But it was raining so hard that I just waited. Waited it for, for it to go down. It never went down. And I walked in the pouring rain for over a mile just for my buddies. And it was cold. It was cool November rain. Other than that, I fucking love this song. I think it's an amazing song. It's, a, it's an epic ballad. Perhaps the best ballad Axl Rose has ever wrote. It's catchy. Very Elton John-ish. You can hear the Elton John all over this song. Uh, Axel nailed it, man. He did an amazing job on it. It's a long-ass song, and it keeps me interested. Even that repetitive guitar solo that keeps doing the same notes over and over again for like five minutes still kept me interested. November Rain is a, an amazing song. I love it. I'm not burnt out on it. I loved it back then, and I still love it today. What do you think, uh, 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 Ian? Uh, so bad, I can't believe it wasn't the first single off of Chinese Democracy. Hey, 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 hey. This shit sounds like, uh, you know, Bad ELO meets Bad Kansas meets Bad Queen. It's a perfect example of everything that is wrong with this album. Yeah, it, the whole like kitchen sink thing. I mean, there's even a flute in this fucking song. I love that flute. Yeah, I, I know. So does your mother. Uh, Skin yeah, flute. Yeah. It, it fucking horrible. Not, not your type of flute, Justin. It, this, this is so, so pretentious and so overreaching. Uh, I didn't like it then. I, I don't like it now. It, it's to me everything that, you know, everybody always blames everything like, oh, Nirvana killed our career. You know, and there's so many fucking artists. You know, I, I love that Loverboy said, 
Nirvana killed our career, even though Loverboy was done like seven years before it Nirvana. Was fucking, it was fucking Motley Crue that killed Loverboy. <laughs> yeah, right, but you know what I mean? Like, like so many people blame, oh, grunge killed our career. But this is a prime example of why shit like Nirvana did kill this fucking You, you are 100% right. Even though I love this song, Ian, you're right, but you can't stop there. You also have to bring up Something to Believe in Poison. Cinder oh, yeah. Cinderella. Oh. All these power ballad fucking bands. How oh. destroyed Slaughter, Firehouse. Oh, yeah. It was just too much of that fucking schlock. And what's really sad about this is that Guns N' Roses, when they came out, they were the ones slapping around. the. the, the they didn't really finish the job, but they really did slap around a lot of those glam bands back then, being more real. They, it's because of Guns N' Roses, Poison and all these fucking bands start, stopped using their hairspray and let their hair down and become more bluesy. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, where I grew up, I grew up a little bit south of Chicago area, and Chicago didn't have a metal station until the early 90s. Like, I, I wired my room at tinfoil to try to pick up this metal station in Wisconsin, trying to hear fucking metal. By the time Chicago finally got a metal station, it was Firehouse. It was Steelheart. You know, it was shit like that. You know, th th that that's what killed the scene. It was like, what, whatever we got to do to get the girls buying the records. You know, and, and, and this is dreck like that. What Guns N' Roses did initially was when everybody was trying to look as pretty and as girly, they went the opposite. And they started a trend the same way Motley Crue. A lot of people followed the Motley Crue trend. When Motley Crue went, you know, they left the, you know, they were the road warriors, then they were glam, and then they were bikers, you know, and then they shaved half their heads, and all everybody followed it. Guns N' Roses, I think, did it more image-wise than they did musically. I mean, they, they, they did, they, you know, they were more Aerosmith than they were Dockin'. But... I, I don't know, this is just, this is just over-fucking-bloated. And this is why you need something like when Punk come up, came along and killed, like, the Emerson, Lake, and Palmer shit. You know, Nirvana, whether you like them or not, killed this fucking girly metal shit. Well, here's, and the, I'm not, here's the thing, though, and I gotta, I gotta admit, you're right. Because when they did the MTV Awards for November Rain, when they played it with Elton John... Everybody in Guns N' Roses was wearing Versace. You remember this shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember Cindy Crawford was backstage interviewing Duff. Oh, what are you wearing? I'm wearing Versace. And everybody was wearing Versace, you know? But here's one thing I got to say about Nirvana. What a lot of people don't seem to remember, before Nirvana hit, R.E.M. was big. Red Hot Chili Peppers were big. There was already a big alternative shit going on. Nirvana was just a buzz thing. It was well-promoted, right band at the right time, but they did not kill anything. It would have died eventually if it was even Silverchair. Who gives a fuck? It, it just got to the point where oh, it, it ran its course. And Frog it, Boy. Huh? <laughs> Frog Boy. You said Silverchair. Yeah, that was a horrible band, too. Oh, horrible. horrible. But I will say this. You know, a lot of people, like, I even know fans of the page, you know, they're like, oh, fuck cock rock and the way they dressed up. Well, the way grunge dressed up 
is just as much as a costume as the way fucking poison was. Totally. Or it, all, was total, all that shit. it was a total image. And what people don't seem to understand, one of that cock rock band uh, uh, trickster, and Vi- they were the first to wear grunge shit. And they were cock rock and they were horrible. Right, but even what grunge did is a costume. It it's was. A, you know, you, you talk, you know, you know, corn with their fucking, uh, their puma outfits. It's a costume. You're dressing up. It's a style. And it hasn't stuck around. You don't see people walking around dressed in puma outfits like fucking corn. It's all a costume. It's all a trend. One trend leads into another. But uh, I think we're talking about November Rain it is part of the reason this shit to me is just as horrible as Steelheart Angel Eyes. It's it's all one big fucking uh, fad. It, it definitely, it's, you know, it's you make an interesting point, Ian. Because when people point at Nirvana, they always think about Poison this and that. But man, Guns N' Roses, especially during November Rain. And, I, and like I said, I love the song and everything. But it is true. Musically and image-wise, it was so overbloated that people were just sick of it. And you know what it is? Most of us music fans are broke. We don't have Guns N' Roses. We can't buy Versace. So we look at them as like two out of reach. When, when we have these like flannel-looking, fucking bum-looking fucks. They identify more with, with the music fan, and that's why I really succeeded because it what? becomes so over bloated and over like, look how rich we are. That's why this whole rap shit's gonna die eventually because of all that bragging about bling bling. Well, well, you see, like, you know, how at a, at a time where everybody was dressed up like a pretty girl, then Guns N' Roses comes out with. Uh, welcome to the jungle where they look like fucking just like they are heroin addicts. You know, it, it, it's the same way. It's like you see these Guns N' Roses like million dollar videos where they're jumping off fucking aircraft carriers. And then and then you see something like Nirvana. Of course, the average fucking person is going to identify more with fucking, you know, hoodlums in a fucking gym than they are, you know, like jumping off a fucking aircraft carrier dressed up like fucking Napoleon in the fucking, in a snowstorm like fucking don't cry bullshit. I, I, I mean... It, it, no, but, but, but we always uh, had Lord. Just, just spit the cock out. You sound very gargled right now. Oh, sorry. Okay. We, we always had, had larger than life rock stars in the 70s that were millionaires. Do it. You know, was it whether it was David Bowie or the Stones or the Who? Yeah, but, but, but you got to remember, back then, punk rock was against it. Punk rock was kind of like the grunge of the 70s. Right. And that's what, when something gets too overblown. And I love all that shit, dude. I love David Bowie. I And I, I love the cock rock era, and I love that. But what happens is you have certain bands that start a trend that are innovators. And then you have a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And that's when the scene dies. I mean, it starts like, like Cock Rock starts with Dokken and Motley Crue, and then, you know, four years later, it's Trickster, and it's Firehouse, and it's so far removed from what it was. And, and to me, Guns N' Roses became a character of what they were. I mean, they start, they were so like such dirtbags with appetite, and then by use your illusions, just like Ralph says, they're wearing Versace, 
and it's million dollar videos. It's that you lose yourself. And, and they're dating, you know, they're dating Stephanie Seymour all of a sudden. Exactly. And then you write an album like Chinese Democracy ten years after she left your ass. You know, that's yeah. some good pussy. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm, I'm sure it was. Hey, but you know, you know, one thing. Let's let's go back for a second. You know, we got it. We also got to give like a thumbs up to the bands that were being themselves and did not get no recognition like Guns N' Roses, like Tesla. Remember Tesla? Yes. yes. Love Tesla. Well, Te- Tesla. When they oh. right, they came out in jeans and t-shirt. They didn't have the poofy hair. They didn't have the makeup. And yet they don't get, like, nobody points at Tesla. And they were out during the hair metal craze. And they were right. jeans and, they were a jeans and t-shirt band. And then you also got to remember the thrash bands. I mean, I guess their uniform was wearing ripped up jeans. That's about it, you know? Well, well going back to Tesla, what a lot of people don't realize, you know, the whole unplugged era, Tesla started that shit with five-man acoustical jam. Yeah. That's, that's what kicked off that whole fucking thing. But they don't get the recognition. But the great thing about Tesla is they never made enough money to buy more than jeans and a fucking t-shirt. Where Guns N' Roses just blew up too big for their own good. And they should have been like the Sex Pistols. It would have been great if they just broke up after Lies. Would have been great. Like they never did another album. Would have been fantastic. But unfortunately they didn't. They just got too full of themselves and put out this shit. But, uh, god damn, this episode's gonna be super long. We gotta go into the garden. Ralph, talk about the garden. I fucking love this one. This is probably my favorite oh, song. Oh, oh. oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Justin. I never did November Rain. What the fuck? Fucking, uh, fucking, fucking Ian, but, but real quick on the Tesla thing, I, I was gonna say the same thing. They, they came out before Guns, and they were like the anti-hair band, but they weren't bad boys, they weren't heroin addicts, and... So they didn't get the image and the cool factor, but hey, man, they, they were a great band, and I had I got to see them with the great away earlier this year. But anyway, November Rain, great. I love this song, and I think this is. I mean, don't compare this in Steelheart. This is. I think this is a is Axel saying, not only am I a great singer. I'm a genius. I wrote this. This is a great fucking nine-minute that, episode. That, that's the whole problem and with it. I think it's fucking awesome. And I, I love the outro, the, the, the Slash guitar solo. I love the video. You know, it's bloated, but the, where Slash is in front of that, the, that, that chap, that church playing, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's the last larger-than-life rock and roll band that there has been and I love that song and it's not I wouldn't lump it in with all the other power ballads I think it's an epic great song well you know so, I, I, gotta, I gotta say uh, I agree with you Justin musically but I, I look at November Rain as like heroin it's like it's good shit man but it's bad for you you know what I mean and what it did was bad for the overall music scene. But in the end, it's a, a, I think it's a really good song. It's very well su- structured. And what Ian said, oh, it's got fucking flutes and, and, you know, little violins and all that shit. 
but to me it worked. It, it, it gave it a beautiful, it's a beautiful song. And, it, and, it, and another thing that uh, I didn't even mention this in the first review we did that we were redoing now, but I think the reason why um, that song is really a standout track on this whole thing is because Matt, Stor- Matt Storm is not really playing that much in it. Just a couple little drum rolls and little beats and this and that. It's, so it kind it kind of eliminates the whole Matt Sorum. You don't really think of him too much in it. And I do totally get that Elton John feel from the whole thing. And that's another thing that I love about it. Yeah, Ian, I can understand where you're coming from. I don't have to slam in your review. That's fine. But musically, I really do love November Rain because I I just feel like it's a beautiful song. But I also agree, it did a lot of damage. And it well, did I, help usher in the grunge movement. I, I just want to say, you know, you tried to diminish Matt Sorm, but he was in the wedding scene in the video. So don't diminish that. Yeah, so was Ricky Rackman. Exactly. Case closed. Oh. All right. Okay. Uh, All, right. All right. Ralph, talk about the garden. Like I said, I fucking love this song. I think this song is one of the best songs now this is Guns N' Roses doing something different that works for me not like you're you know you'll be the first and dust and bones and all that shit this is them being original I don't know no song that sounds like The Garden The Garden is a great great an awesome song that just pushes the boundaries of where they could have gone and it's it's an eerie song it's a cool song I don't know what the fuck it means and I love songs I like where I don't know what the fuck it means. And just to fucking sweeten the pot, they put the great Alice Cooper in there with his menacing fucking spoken word that just doesn't mean nothing more than this is fucking weird, dangerous, and kick-ass. I absolutely love The Garden. It is probably one of... Uh, I can't say if it's my favorite. We'll keep going till the end of the episode. I'll let you know if it is the best track off Use Your Illusion 1. But so far, what we've listened to, this is the best track on the album. I absolutely lo- love The Garden. It's it's an amazing song. And it's where Guns N' Roses should have went if they wanted to be different. That's what I think. Go ahead, Justin. I don't like this song. Bitch. It's going... <laughs> it's going for... Eerie mood, and it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't, uh, and and I know you guys are much bigger than me, but you know, I don't find his voice all that menacing or spooky. It, and I hate that fucking bye bye. I just, it, this song does nothing for me. It's, it's a failure at whatever they were trying to accomplish. So, Ian, go ahead and jizz all over it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and your review is a perfect example of why you're a person last time guest. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and not a member of the most successful fucking uh, podcast. Uh, uh, that, uh, Ian, let me correct you. The best podcast. We are far from the most successful. But we are the best. Well, in my mind. But anyway, uh, that whole so long goodbye is fucking perfect. Hell yeah. My, my second favorite song on the album. I absolutely love it. 
I agree with what Ralph says. If you want to experiment, this is where you should have gone. Instead of digging out the flute and the French horn and the kitchen sink on November rain, this is where you should have went. Well, this no, is no, no, no. Ian, yeah, yeah, let me stop you there. The French horn, all that shit, November rain, is a song that Elton John's done a million times. This is Guns N' Roses doing something different, not copying anybody. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, I'm saying November Rain is copying fucking Bernie Taupin and yeah, fucking Yeah, but, but John. the Garden's not copying nobody. That's what I love about No, it. no, 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 no. And that's why I'm saying that's why I love it. It's not like them trying to be bad out John. Or, bad, is, or bad Rolling Stones with Dustin Bones. Well, that was better. This is this is gun. This is to me is true Guns and Roses. The the fucking coop just takes it to another fucking level. I absolutely love this song. I love the eeriness that fucking coop takes to this. A uh, fucking amazing, awesome. I love that they're paying tribute to Cooper. I love what he adds to this song. Second, the only song I like more than this is Double Talk and Jive. And it's neck and neck because I really, really love The Garden. An amazing fucking song. This, to me, is true Guns N' Roses. Uh, uh, absolutely love it. Then we go on the next song, which is Garden of Eden. Uh, let's see. I got to look at my notes. Okay, this is more of what I want out of Guns N' Roses. To me, this is what I think Perfect Crime wanted to be but wasn't. This is this is perfect cry, but with a song behind it. I, I I love this. I love the video. I love the manic, like you know, with the ball dancing around the lyrics. It's just a fucking punchy, fast, fucking metal song. I I, I love this shit. I love this spirit. Once again, you know, I said I like the spirit, perfect crime, but I didn't think the song was there. Here, I think they hit the fucking mark and take off fucking perfect crime. And leave Garden of Eden on there. It's an amazing track. What do you think, Ralph? Well, I agree and disagree. I think uh, Garden of Eden is a fucking rip-roaring, kick-ass song. Yeah, the video is awesome. If you didn't know this, there's that video was shot in one take, and they've done and there's different versions of that video. But that video yeah. is a one-take thing, and it, it, you know you can tell it is also a one-take thing because there's confetti going around, and you can't, you know, and, the, and it's only one camera shot. But anyway, I think this song is rip-roaring. It's kick-ass. I love it. I think it's one of the highlights. It's Guns N' Roses being Appetite Guns. Uh, but, no, I would not say it's better than Perfect Crime, though. I like Perfect Crime more. But, not to take away anything from Garden of Eden, I think Garden of Eden kicks much ass. I love it. Uh, Justin? It's a good song. It's better than Perfect Crime. Uh, it's um, it, it's it's like Perfect Crime in Right Next Door to Hell. It's them like like in the midst of all these goofy, wacky, you know, trying to be Elton John or the Stones or whatever. They 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 throw in these these fast and furious songs to try and say, oh, we're still we're still Guns N' Roses. We're still the out. The, we're still the band that did Appetite. So uh, here, here's a reminder. Don't forget. And it's good, but it it, it wouldn't wouldn't have. Uh, it, it's kind of got like a My Michelle Fast and Furious kind of thing going on. It's a good song. It's but it it's not up to the standard of Appetite. 
Um, it's good. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. That's about all I have to say about it. All right, why don't you take the next one? All right, don't damn me. I like the riff in this song. Um, it drags on a little too long. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a good tune. It's not great. It's, it's, man, this is a long fucking album, isn't it? Um, I mean, there's just so much shit thrown in here. This, this is like every fucking song that they, they ever wrote is thrown in here. And, and But it's a good song. It's not great. I, I don't really have too much to belabor about it, Ian. Uh, it, it's a fucking B-side, dude. It, it, it's a fucking B-side. Uh, reminds me of... Uh, like, like, this could have been a Motley Crue song. It, 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 you know, it's forgettable, dude. It, it's it's totally forgettable, and no way it would make it on a single album. Does nothing for me, Ralph. What do you think? Horrible. Don't like it. Like I was saying earlier, there's songs that I I, I skip all the time. I listen to this album. So before reviewing the album, I sat through all the songs I skipped several times, and this one is again, man. It's like well, you know. I don't know. It's like this is this is a prime example of why this should have been one album. And man, it, you know, it, it was like there's no bigger band than Guns N' Roses at this point, and and it really got to their heads thinking, you know, we can do anything and people like it. And hey, you know what? I like Don't Damn Me, so let's put it on there. People are gonna like it. And uh, years later, if anybody talks about this album, it's either November Rain or Civil War or You Can Be Mine and nothing else. Fuck this song. I don't like it. Next song is Bad Apples. Uh, Bad Apples is a bad song. Just like Don't Blame Me, Don't Damn Me. It's the same. It's it's forgettable. It's filler material. I just don't like it. It's uh, one of the songs I used to skip back in the day and one of the songs I listened to several. I think I listened to the songs I don't like on this album. At least six times. I'm not lying. Because I spent the whole week in my car. With my iPod. You know, connected to my car. Just cl- just skipping all the songs that I am familiar with. And going over these songs over and over. Just to make sure. You know, I don't like it. And yeah, that, believe me, I'm sure. I don't like bad apples. How do you like those apples, Justin? Yeah, Paul, I give your album two stars how you like them apples um no this song is uh is pretty boring i mean in the lyric the lyrics just are rambling about caviar and just just rich you know rich people problems and it's um it's boring it's forgettable you know at this point you know there's more album there's more songs to skip than listen to by this point in this album and this is one of them Ian what song are we talking about Bad Apples oh yeah this 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 is fucking horrible but the funny thing is it's even though it's that horrible I still see why this is better than fucking Use Your Illusions 2 uh this shit is horrible like this is like I consider this like what I consider uh, something for nothing off of fucking Girls, Girls, Girls. Oh, I love that song. 
Oh, fucking total horrible fucking filler. Uh, oh, yeah, this is, like, really, this is double apple syndrome. This, there's no way this would be on a single album. I hate this fucking song. I would like to say something about something for nothing that's interesting. That you'll find interesting, Ian. Um, yes. I recently heard an interview with Tom Warman. And you know what Tom Warman said? He said that every album he produced, the album, the song that he liked the least, the one that he didn't like off the album, he would always place it second to last. And that was uh, something for nothing. If you're not going to count um, Jailhouse Rock. Now, I mean, I love something for nothing, but then you think about, dude, this guy did Cheap Trick. Stiff Competition's a shitty song. I know what I want's a shitty song. Seriously, though, Ralph, you like something for nothing? I actually love that song. Wow, okay. Yeah, I think it's. I love the line, uh, oh, Target Practice in the Dark. That's awesome. Dude, I, 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 I think Nona is a fucking masterpiece compared to fucking something for nothing. Oh, well, you know, I mean, that's the, that's the way we roll, Ian. Right, but, you know, Bad Boy Ooh. Boogie, I mean, that song sucks. I don't like that one. Five, five years no, 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 no. Could have been no, those, those all suck, and I think they're better than something for nothing. But hey, Kesaras, right? Hey, you, you and Tom Warman, man, you, you, you both think the same way. But I was yeah. just like, I went back and looked at all the Tom Warman albums, and like the second to the last songs were all songs I liked. Like you know, uh, what was the one on uh, um, "Come On, Come On" from In Color? Love it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great songs. I'm like. Really? This is what you consider the shitty song on the album? Yeah, yeah, but Cheap Trick shits all over fucking Guns N' Roses, let's be serious. Cheap Trick shits all over almost every band in my book. There you go. But And I hope, and by the way, I hope they don't make it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That'll be a sad day if they induct those guys, because I love Cheap Trick. Exactly. Uh, Alright, so uh, are we done talking about Bad Apples? Yes, I am. Alright, well, you, you go with Dead Horse. All right, Dead Horse, my fourth favorite song on the album. I really, really like this one, and I'll never forget uh, my 77 Grand Prix with the Alpine pull-out CD player. When I first heard this song and you hear the fucking nutcracker part of it, I thought my speakers were fucking breaking, broken. And about shit my fucking pants. I'm like, oh, no, holy shit, Guns N' Roses killed my speakers. No, it's just an awesome fucking song. I really, really love this song. I love it musically. I love it lyrically. To me, it's a true Guns N' Roses rocker. Absolutely love Dead Horse. Justin, what do you think? I mean, it's named after your mother, for Christ's sake. You know, what do you think? It is. I I fucking love it. I I love the 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 acoustic opening. Just uh, just Axel and. That little spoken part when she said she was going to wreck my car. I didn't know what to do. You know, it's it's him talking about, you know, some crazy bitch. And we've all been there. And, and it, it's like a relatable song. It's not some bloated, you know, rich people problem song like some of the other ones. And it's got a great hook. Um, yeah, th- this is a, a standout track on the album. It's one of the best songs on this on one and Ralph what do you think well I gotta say for the first time ever we all agreed on Bad Apple 
We all didn't like bad, <laughs> bad apples, right? But right. I, I, you know, right. it's, it's, and that's what makes this review really cool is because we all have different opinions. And, you know, some of us, two of us like it, one don't, one like it, two don't. And here's one of the examples where two like it and I don't. I don't like this song at all. I think it's, ah, whatever. I was surprised they made a video for this shit. I was like, really? And it's just, I don't know. It's like, look, Ax Axel's like, look, I know how to play two chords, so let me play guitar on this. They made a video for this? Yeah, there's a video for this. I don't even remember. It's pretty much a montage of live stuff, but yeah, there is a video for for a Dead Horse. It was probably the last video. They was it was it was it released in the States? Yeah, it was on MTV, man. I don't remember. Punch it up on YouTube, you'll see. It's it's it, it's just it starts with Axel on stage with the acoustic and then it goes into this whole montage of live clips. It's, wow! Don't... Visually, it's a good video, actually, because it has like really cool clips. There's a clip of Axel actually in the audience and screaming. It's pretty cool, you know. There's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, it's visually, it's a great, great video, but I just don't like the song. Okay. It goes nowhere for me. So let me take the last track. Which I don't know, man. I I, I would probably have to say this one is tied with The Garden as my favorite track off Use Your Illusion 1 is Coma. And before I get into this, I made a video for it. And it may be the most spectacular video I ever made. Y'all gotta check it out, Phase Linear. I remember I put it up, and I put it on the Rock and Metal Combat podcast page, and it got praised a lot. Because as you know, this song is very long, and I used a gazillion clips. And they did play the show, I believe it, they played this song, I believe it was in Chicago. Because both times I saw this tour, they didn't play this song. But they did play it in Chicago, and that was pro shot. It was a pro shot. So I got that footage, and I mixed in a million footage. Like footage from Dead Horse, footage from, you know, Live and Let Die, November Rain, you know, name it. All the, all the Illusions videos, I put in little clips all through this song. I think Coma, it's a long fucking song. What is it, like 10 minutes long? And... It keeps me entertained the whole time. It's heavy. I like the, the lyrics. I like the changes it goes through. I like that little little mellow part in the beginning with the bass and the little guitar feedback and shit. And I just feel like it's a... Uh, and it does great change and it has a great build-up toward the end and great guitar solo. It's just uh, lousy drums. It's a great fucking song. I love Coma. Tied for my favorite off user illusion one. What do you think about it, Justin? I fucking love this song. I think it's awesome. I, I, I. My favorite part is the quiet part in the middle with the the, the, the guitar and when he's like, "No one's gonna bother me anymore." Um, the that the people playing the doctors are fucking horrible acting the, the don't i don't want to go to this hospital nobody can find the fucking defibrillator they're they're like Where, who's got the defibrillator oh we're starting to lose them um but it, but it it's a it's a great song it really is a uh a masterpiece maybe that's a stretch but no it, it's a great song it's 10 minutes and it keeps my attention and i don't get bored with it and I don't, I don't, uh, um, 
it's not like a like a like a fucking maiden song in the last 15 years where you know it's just like jesus christ you know you know you know something you never hear a maiden fan say is gosh i wish this song was longer and and no but this song is you don't notice how long it is because it's good and, and it keeps your attention and it's a great way to end this album. It's one of the best songs on the album. And, and as far as the epics, I don't know. It, it, well, spoiler alert, I like Estrange. I, I love Estrange. I love all the epics. I love November Rain. But, you know, th- this is, is, is every bit as good as either of them. Ian? <clears throat> well, I think this song makes November Rain sound like November Rain. And... Uh, Ralph, you said you think this is the best video you've done. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe not, but it, it is actually the best video I've done up to All that right. point when I made. All it. right. I, I, I need, then I, I need to definitely watch this because I thought the best video you did was uh, "I'll Tumble for You" by Culture Club, which was amazing. By the way. Thanks. Uh, uh, Love this song, my third favorite on the album, and is a perfect example of why this album shits all over Use Your Illusions 2, spoiler alert. Uh, love this love this song. It does. It keeps my attention. I don't get tired of it. Even though there is some aspects that are kind of overbloated, and it shows you where they were heading, and it shows the demise. Because I, I think the biggest like sign of like Guns N' Roses lost their shit was Spaghetti Incident. Because I, amazing song selection, horrible execution. Uh, and this song kind of, it, it's so grandiose, but it, it is a good song. It, it is a good song. Uh, to me, way better than November Rain. I, I think it's it's better emotionally, lyrically, musically. Uh, shits all over it, but uh, that that that's just my opinion. I just happen to be right. Um, yeah, way better. Love the song. All right. Well, then that uh, that brings an end to use your illusion one. So, all you knuckleheads, don't we, we are gonna do on a Use Your Illusion Part 2 that will air next week. Plus, we will narrow this shit down to one album. That's right. So, uh, now it's time for Pick of the Week. And as usual, I keep that tradition. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to pick, but I'll let you guys pick. What did I pick? Do you guys remember what I picked on that episode before? No. Yeah, fuck it. I'll just pick something else. Justin, uh, since you are uh, the only person who answered our call, do you have a pick of the week? Yes. And it's the same one I picked last time, so I want you guys to act surprised again. It's a fucking, it's the best action film of the last 20 years, featuring Ice T, and it's called Surviving the Game. Hell yeah, I love that movie. Have it on and TV. It is fucking amazing all-star cast he picks them off one by one it is just one of Gary Busey's best performances ever and it kicks fucking ass notice I did not say recon 
Yes. Uh, no, but it is an amazing fucking movie. Everyone I know that has seen it loves it. Highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, what, Ice like two people? Ice you know, it sucks, man. That movie is so under the radar, and it is so good. And the way yeah. I caught it was on cable. And I was bored. I was like, ah, let's watch this garbage. I'm sure this is going to suck. And I was like, dude, this shit's like Rambo. I love this shit, man. It was awesome. The, the, the first time I uh, I saw it, I was over at Justin's mom's trailer. And she's like, well, you came really quick. You want to hang out and watch USA up all night? I was like, sure. You know? And uh, so I saw it up there. Great flick. Yeah, and Justin was hiding the closet, saw it, and went out and bought it on DVD. True story. Right. True story. All right. Well, my pick of the week is guaranteed to piss both of you off. But fuck y'all. I think it's a great album. And that is the debut album by Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds. <laughs> I love this album. To me, it's just pure and simple rock and roll. It's not metal. It's just fucking bluesy rock and roll. And I love this. I love every song on this album. I don't think there's a bad track. And I, I love that, that he loved the band at the height and had the balls to do that and say, hey, this is where my heart's at. You know, my heart's not into being in the fucking, uh, uh, what video was it? The Don't Cry, where Slash turns around and says, where's Izzy? He's like, fuck all that shit. I'm just going to do a rootsy, bluesy rock and roll album. And I fucking dug it. I enjoy Izzy Stradlin and Juju Hounds way more than Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 combined. To me, it's a, it's a better true rock and roll album. I know y'all hate it, but what the fuck, that's my pick of the week. Izzy Stradlin and the Juju Hounds. <laughs> Ralph, do you have time to find one? Yeah, uh, my pick of the week is a brand new album. It just came out like a week, a week ago. And I heard one song off it, a song called Burn the Temple Down. And I was like, damn, that's pretty damn good. I'm going to buy this album. The name of the band is called Final Sign. And the name of the album is called Hold High the Flame with a wicked, wicked album cover. Let me tell you something. I ordered this online. I got it, I, you know, usually when I'm a busy guy and I'm running around and I have to run home and take a shower and go to work. So I ran home, took a shower. And while I'm running to work, I check my mailbox usually when I'm on my way to work, if I'm out and about. And this was in my mailbox. So I put it in my car while I'm driving to work. My, my job is about five minutes away. Uh, driving so I put this song I put the CD on and the opening track is called daring the Sun and let me tell you something man this has to be one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life I and every song on this album is just fucking amazing it's it's heavy metal that's the best way I can describe it traditional metal very it's an amazing amazing album so please everybody go check out the name of the band is called final sign and the name of the album is called Hold High the Flame. And no, it's not on YouTube yet or none of that shit. But if you listen to that Dr. Fuck show right here on that metal station, I will play this shit every fucking week because I need people to hear how amazing this fucking album is. Final sign, Hold High the Flame is my pick of the week. Awesome. I would definitely have to check that out. 
And now it's time to go into Fan of the Week. And Fan of the Week this week is not a fan, but it is fans. And I want to dedicate, I have no idea when this episode is going to air, but uh, in light of when we are recording this, um, I want to give Fans of the Week to our listeners in France. And we do have listeners in France, and there's been a horrible tragedy. Uh, it, it's it's absolutely devastating. It's very sad. And I want to dedicate this episode to our listeners in France and to anybody that was hurt or damaged in the atrocities that happened in Paris last night as of when we're recording this. It, it's a terrible thing. It's a sad thing that's going on right now. You know, I, I, I don't know what more to say. I'm, I'm trying to be very serious. It, it, it hurts my heart to know shit like this is going on. And I would like to dedicate this episode. You know, even we're very funny. We joke around to some very serious, you know. Um, to anybody listening in France, we love you. And, and, and so sorry this happened. Horrible, horrible. And I am playing there next year. It is one of the tour dates from our European tour, and I ain't backing down, man. You know why, man? Because if I do, they win. We have exactly. To, we have to live our life not in fear. We have to live our life as we are every day. Do not be afraid of these people. Okay, we do live in. We do have a threat over our head, but man, how can you enjoy life thinking of things like that? What happened in, in France is just terrible. It just goes to show how this fucking planet that, you know, humans are are, are not the best fucking uh, creatures out there. Believe me, we flaw a lot. And that's a big example. So, yeah, it's just terrible. It's, it's just to take another human life. You know, I don't know how many they did, but shit, just one's enough for me, man. And um, it, it destroys me. Uh, you know, I hear in this no, no, news... I'm not going to make light of this, okay? I'm not. Last night, I, I had fun with two girls, okay? And, I mean, every guy, you know, every guy's dream is to be with two girls, right? So, you know, I'm here having these fun with two girls, and Alex, my guitar, my drummer, kept calling me, calling me. I can't pick up. I'm doing my thing, you know? And then afterwards, when I'm, you know, uh, after the, the, the pure greatness of it all, uh, I call him back and I hear this shit and I'm like, you know, it just goes to show how beautiful fucking life is and how you should cherish it because you never know, man. One day some fucking son of a bitch with bombs and guns is just going to just destroy your life and kill you over senseless bullshit. So my, my thing is, man, I'm not going to sit here and get angry. I do want them all to die a slow death. You know, eye for an eye, fuck them. Uh, but at the same time, man, I'm going to France. And I'm going to kick a lot of ass over there. And hopefully I can, like, bring some kind of joy as, as, as well as any other band that goes and plays there. Because I am not canceling my, my, uh, my date in Paris, France. So, yeah, my thoughts go out to all those people. And... There are actual Thrasher Die fans from France that have written me because I put up this thing today about, you know, France and I got a couple messages 
letting me know they're okay and how horrible it is to be over there now, how sad it is. And my and you know, I'm hearing it firsthand from people that that follow my band, you know, and I'm you know, I'm pretty distraught about it, but at the same time, I fear no motherfucker. So I'm going over there. Yeah. And uh I would like to say at at the time we're recording this, um you know, because we're Americans, and it was, you know, there was many attacks, but the the one that seemed to be the most, like, casualties was the Eagles of Death Metal show. And they said that, that all the members of the Eagles of Death Metal made it out, but they haven't accounted for their road crew. And uh, the, I, the merch guy got killed. That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. And, uh... I, I I just I just feel horrible because I know a couple guys from Eagles of Death Metal, and uh, it, it, this is just devastating. These are people that just wanted to go see a show, and uh, it it it's just so senseless and so. Uh, there there there's no words to describe. I mean, I, I I seriously have a hole in my heart just even thinking about this shit. It, it's absolutely devastating, and I I don't, you know. I don't believe in prayers. I don't believe in all this shit. But my thoughts are with the people of France, and and I, I'm so sorry this happened. It's it's an absolute tragedy, and especially you know us as music lovers, knowing that this happened to other people, just going to see a, a band that they loved, whether you like this band or not, doesn't make a fucking difference. These were just people going to see a rock and roll show, and were caught up in this horrible. Horrible chaos. Uh, it, it, it's it's very sad, and I'm just sending out good thoughts and love. Justin, Justin, do you have anything that you would like to add? Oh, I agree. It was devastating. I I was glued to the TV watching it last night, and um, I don't have cable actually, um, but the, I have like a well, of, of course you don't. You live in North Carolina. No, no. I mean, I could have it if I wanted to. It's just like I had to save sixty bucks a month. I don't. Well, so, well, no. But I, I, we all know your mom but, spent the money on drugs. But go ahead. Right. But no, I I was watching um, the the uh, props to the local Fox channel here because they uh, I have a digital intent, so I get all the networks. And they instead of playing, you know, whatever was on the network that night, they they did the feed from Fox News. So I was able to watch uh, Shepard Smith, and and it was actually really touching because Geraldo was on there, and his daughter was at the soccer game. Oh wow! Uh, wow. Yeah, and he was on there talking to his daughter on the phone, and and on one hand, you know, you might have thought, well, oh, well, who cares about Geraldo and you know, and his daughter, but it brought it home, you know, he, he's talking to his daughter who was at the game as a parent, you know, of someone. And, and this could have been one of, you know, any millions of, you know, people that, that have a loved one over there and, and that they were concerned and, and it's, it's disturbing. It's disgusting, but it, it just, it makes you feel, it, it really does make you feel, feel glad to be alive today you know i went out and i got my my car worked on and i enjoyed the beautiful day and and you know i know ian you're going to see king diamond this weekend in new orleans yep. and i'm going to see him the very next night in atlanta 
and I ain't, I ain't, I'm not scared of shit. You know, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to have fun and I'm not going to be scared to go anywhere. You know, I'm not, these fuckers ain't going to intimidate me. Right. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. My heart is, goes out. To the good people of France, they are an ally of ours. And and actually, I work for um, an international company, and and I and and I have some colleagues in France, great people, and uh, and yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's devastating. And uh, yeah, I, I, that's all I can say is that we'll just just be strong, and our our thoughts are are with the, the good people of, of Paris. All right, well, now I got to get into the shit you know why I always got to talk about. If you're not there already, why aren't you on the Facebook page? Over 1,200 people strong now. Uh, man, it, it's a lot of fun. Join the page, man. All you got to do is send a request. We'll take you in. Join the fucking madhouse. Check us out on podbeat.com and iTunes. New episodes every Sunday. Also on the Podbean link, uh, on the Podbean page, there's links to all kinds of shit, including our Amazon page. Please, whatever you were already going to buy, go to Amazon using that link. You buy whatever, and I get a little kickback, and I appreciate that. Check us out on thatmetalstation.com, where you can hear us Sundays and Thursdays. And after our show airs, you get to hear the Dr. Buck Show which is doing amazing right now. And, and, and Ian, let the people know how they can hear uh, the podcast, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and the Dr. Fuck Show if they're not home near a computer. Oh, yeah. If you're not in front of your computer, all you got to do is download a free app. doesn't matter if you got an Android or an Apple. It's TuneIn Radio. <laughs> it's a free app. You download that. Then all you got to do is type in that metal station. So no matter where you're at, you know, if you got your phone by you, you can hear that metalstation.com. And you should because it's doing amazing. And not only can you check out our podcast and the Dr. Fuck show, you can also check out our good friend and super fan, Mike Tyler, who has two shows, one Tuesday to one Friday night. So check it out, thatmetalstation.com. Also check us out on the Indie Authority, where you can hear us Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. And there's all kinds of different shit there, all kinds of different shows. Uh, the Rock Show with Joe and Gully you can now hear on the Indie Authority, and all kinds of different shit. Also, check out some podcasts that we believe in, friends of our show, that promote us as well. Decibel Geek Podcast. Tremendous fucking show. Check it out. Uh, also, Mars Attacks, man. Amazing podcast. And uh, the, the leader of that, Victor Ruiz, he's got Ear Peeler, which uh, go to that website because they let you know about all the different podcasts, different interviews and stuff. He does a lot for podcasters. Please support Mars Attacks. Also, uh, another podcast that I didn't know actually listens to us, History Science Theater, a great KISS podcast. And, uh, Ralph, what's uh, your friend's podcast? Barbarian Rage. My boys, Barbarian Rage. Uh, they just recently put up a video of my uh, my appearance on their recent episode where every time I talk, they showed footage of me kicking that garbage can. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, other little zany footages of me. And those guys are great, man. And, they're, and, and they love the show, man. I mean, 
um, they listen to us and, and they listen to the Dr. Fuck. So they've been great supporters of me forever, way before I even knew you. I mean, I'm talking about like three, four years ago, I've been a guest on Barbarian Rage. There's just, and you know the funny thing about Barbarian Rage, when they had me on the show, they called me like 10 minutes before. Hey, are you free? Can you get on the show right now? I'm like, let's do it, dude. You know, most of the time they call me, I'm free. There was one time they called and I was like knee deep in pussy. That wasn't like a big bushy, you know, like 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 Nate's face. It was a yeah. nice, clean, <laughs> shaven pussy. I was balls deep in it when they were calling me. So that was the only time I wasn't ready for Barbarian Race. But let me tell you something, man. If I don't have pussy in front of me, I will always be on Barbarian Race because those guys roll. I love it. Right. And, and even if you are in pussy, five seconds later, you'll be ready to do Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could just give me five seconds. You know? <laughs> All right. And then another one that is near and dear to our heart, a former uh, guest on the show. And I'm not going to talk about it. We're going to play his own commercial. And that's something I want to get from all these podcasts we talk about. We're going to get commercials from you and let you talk about your show. But right now, from here from the man himself, Ken Mills, talking about all right kiss army since 2007 you've been getting podcast the kiss audio fanzine for your ears that's right it's your podcast every month the podcast crew along with the kiss room brings you kiss talk like no one else whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present analysis and great kiss fun Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. All right, that was great. That is the Podfather, and I also want to give a little shout-out to Metal Messiah Radio and Jet. I want to also give a a nice... um, you know, like, uh, good luck to our buddies who started a new podcast called The Ironcast. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I want, it, they, they're brand new. They just put up their first episode. It's Luke Innes, right? Greg yes. Barnes. And, yeah. and the third one? Mr. T from Germany. <clears throat> Mr. T from Germany. They got together and they have a thing called The Ironcast. Now, I wish them all the luck in, in the world, but I'm kind of jealous because I love that name, Ironcast. I wish I would have thought of that one. But, okay. I'm sorry I cut you off. I just had to give a plug to three three people that are fans of our shows that are starting their own uh, podcast. And best of luck to you guys, man. Agreed, agreed. Best of luck. If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to love next week. In honor of France, Jerry Lewis will be here. To talk about the Sepultura album Beneath the Remains. And that's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
Oh, man.